The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Gwen and Mercy Academy High School, Sisters of Mercy, or any related affiliate. Attention alumni and students. You're all invited to join the exclusive Facebook group, The Babysitting Circle of Mercy. This group is private to our Gwened community for all alumni and students to connect in order to find babysitting jobs and find babysitters. Join us for a reunion on October 21st, 2023 here at Gwened. We are so excited to be celebrating our milestone classes ending in three and eight, but all alumni are welcome to join us for this wonderful event. We'll be having a Mercy Prayer Service in the auditorium at 3 p.m., followed by the Alumni Award Ceremony at 4 p.m., and our 21 and over cocktail hour from 5 to 7 in the gym at Gwened. We'll have an open bar and heavy hors d'oeuvres made by our wonderful Chef Craig, who's a big hit here at Gwened. We hope to see you all there. Please RSVP online by October 9th. See you then. Anna Skoyan Law is a member of Gwinnett Mercy Academy High School's class of 2002. At Gwinnett, she was student council president, Latin club founder and president, and a ministry officer. She also played on the soccer and lacrosse teams. After graduating, she attended the University of Notre Dame, where she received her Bachelor of Arts in Classics and in Latin. At Notre Dame, she was the vice president of the class of 2006. After college, Anna worked in healthcare public relations in Philadelphia, New York City, and Boston. In 2013, she obtained a Master of Education in Secondary Education and Teaching from Boston College and worked as a high school Latin teacher from 2013 to 2017. Anna has been the president of Gwinnett's Alumni Association since 2020 and just completed her third and final year in the position. She is actively involved in the Gwinnett community as a member of the Board of Trustees, the Leadership Advisory Council, the President's Leadership Council, and the 1861 Society. Welcome, Anna. So what made you choose Gwinnett for high school and what aspects of the school drew you in? This might be controversial, but I did not choose Gwinnett. Um, I did not want to come to Gwinnett. Uh, my parents chose Gwinnett for me. Um, I got a scholarship here. I had gone to um, public school locally, and my parents knew that that school was way too big, so they wanted me to go to a smaller all-girls school. I had moved around a lot when I was younger, 
like across state lines. And I was very resistant to going to Gwinnett because we were not moving. So I didn't understand why I had to switch schools because we weren't moving, but <laughs> um, parents know best, don't they? So I I did not chose Gwinnett. My parents chose it. Gwinnett chose me, but worked out. That's amazing. Actually, a fun fact, my mom uh, didn't want to come to Gwinnett as well, but my grandmother wanted her to go and she was so reluctant and did not want to come at all. So she actually ended up going to Medevitt because she wanted to go to a co-ed school. But when I was choosing schools, I was like, I really want to go to Gwinnett, mom. She's like, okay, if you want to go. And, you know, I think it's kind of along the same lines that Gwinnett in a sense chose me and when I shadowed here and uh, toward it. it was it was just really a great experience and I love the community and the atmosphere here that's awesome so speaking of Gwinnett uh, you were involved in many clubs here and out of all your roles and extracurriculars at Gwinnett what was your favorite and why um I would say my favorite extracurricular activity would definitely be student council um that was something I was involved in all four years um, I was our class president sophomore and junior year, and then I was student council president senior year. Um, so to be involved in something all four years, I feel like gives you that wonderful perspective, but also, you know, not only did I have the opportunity to be a leader for my class, but you kind of have that whole school visibility. And I still have lifelong friendships today with other women who were on student council with me, either from my specific class or the classes ahead of me and even on the classes behind me. Um, we have multiple student council presidents currently on our alumni board. So that definitely for sure is my favorite activity. Wow, that's amazing. And I wasn't part of student council at my time here at Gwinnett, but I am a leadership intern currently, and I'm working alongside some other girls who are in lower grade levels than me, but we're all very close and like a little tight-knit group, which I love a lot. And I'm I think that, you know, when I graduate and go to Clemson and stuff that I will definitely still keep in touch with those girls because, you know, we just build a connection that, you know, is different than just, you know, forming connections here at school and in classes. So it's a really special experience and I kind of resonate, you know, for sure. I mean, we didn't have the leadership department when I was a student here. So I that's something I would have loved to have participated. So you're so fortunate that that um, is something that is thriving and um, so amazing right now, but that is something that you don't have to stop being a part of um, even when you go on to Clemson, because um, I know we do have some of the lead girls who um, give of their time now that they're in college and they participate on the Leadership Advisory Council um, that I'm on with Mrs. Gornacha. So keep that in mind, um, just because you were on leadership here, your time isn't finite. We would always you know, want you to come back and keep sharing your experiences. Yeah, thank you. I definitely will keep that in mind. Absolutely. And I feel like it's it's so funny to, you know, we talk a lot about um, our alumni board meetings, you know, um, the leadership that and I think we probably have what four um, student council body or student body presidents on the alumni board right now. At I least think. Yeah. Um, and it kind of foreshadowed your role currently as like the, the president, outgoing president of the alumni association. Um, how did like what are those skills that you learned as a member of the student council and how did you kind of make sure to hone them and use them kind of throughout your life? 
I think, um, you know, one of the benefits of the model of student council, at least in my time uh, when I was here at Gwynedd, was that it did encompass all of the grades. And it wasn't something that was this exclusive thing that once you get to it, that door is closed behind you. But it was something where that door was left wide open to welcome our new freshman members or welcome our sophomore representatives. And I really benefited from being able to learn from the women ahead of me, but also then when it was my turn, when I was one of the senior members to continue to keep that door open for the girls behind me. And, you know, during my time on student council, I, um, I was always someone who was confident in myself. Um, but I think what is important to know about leadership, like I am not leadership. I am not the alumni board. I am not student council. Like we are, we are the alumni association. And a leader is someone who, yes, is keeping the door open, but is also pulling out a chair. And, you know, this is something that we've been working on with alumni board. Like there, there's always room, there's room for new voices. There's room for new faces. Um, and a leader is someone who can cultivate that in others. And, you know, they're not the loudest one at the table. Sometimes I'm the loudest <laughs> one at the table for sure. Um, but they're the kind of person who can cultivate those relationships with other people and help everyone at the table, like find their own leadership. And I really do think that started with my time on student council. Absolutely. I think you're really good. Uh, like you have a, a strength in, in getting people to think outside the box and, and use their own skills that they might not have thought like, oh, I can bring this to the table. Like, you know, if somebody comes from a certain industry back to Gwinnett, you know, like how can they use the things they've learned outside of these halls to like bring it back to the school or like how can they, you know, think in a different way? And I think you inspire people to have bigger dreams, bigger ideas, and actually then do them um, rather than doing all the work yourself. Um, uh, for sure. We'll yeah. always say like, I will joke and say like, I don't know what my own skills are, but I'm really good at finding other people mm -hmm. who have specific skills that we need. So maybe my skill is finding your skill mm -hmm. um, and then connecting you with what, you know, whatever is the right spot um, that we need at the moment. Oh, that's really nice. And I think that also helps like having a skill like that to be able to pinpoint other people's skills and just like what they're good at, you know, maybe they might not even know it. And the fact that like you're acknowledging them and recognizing them and, you know, being like, maybe like come out of your comfort zone and like help us out, you know, it can also shape other girls to become leaders today. So that's really like inspirational and admirable. So, you know, using your leadership skills, you were, uh, you founded Gwynedd's Latin Club. And so like what sparked your interest in Latin and then, you know, eventually led you to become a Latin teacher? Sure. So I started taking Latin um, in eighth grade and um, I continued taking it here at Gwynedd um, for all four years. I took Spanish as well. And um, Latin always just made sense to me. And I think some people think like, oh, I don't have an ear for a foreign language. And 
something about Latin, um, you may or may not know that 70% of our English language comes from Latin. So um, it's everywhere. It is, it's history, but it's also the present. Um, it has elements of philosophy, religion. It gave me a better understanding of my own English language um, because if you can communicate in another language, you know, your own primary language skills need to be um, totally on top. So I took it um, all during my time here at Gwynedd and then I kept taking it in college like for fun. And I thought I was going to do all of these other careers um, that I think I thought I should be or other people expected me to be. And I kept taking Latin each semester just so that I had something for myself. And um, it became very clear that, you know what, like Latin can be for me. And I ended up switching my major to Latin and I was so much happier and I truly believe like you should study what you love and you should um, have a career, um, something that you're passionate about. So I wasn't immediately a Latin teacher. Um, after I graduated from Notre Dame, I worked in public relations. Um, I had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to be a teacher, but I didn't think I was ready um, when I was 22 years old to become a teacher. So um, I worked in the public relations industry, communications industry um, for about six years before I kind of was at a crossroads in my career. And I had to decide like, is this it for me? Communications, um, you know, I'm good at it. And it pays an okay amount of money and I can do interesting things or that, you know, feeling that I have in the back of my mind that like, I don't love this. Well, should I listen to that? Um, unfortunately, I did. So I resigned from my, you know, minor career in communications. And I went back to school full time at Boston College to get my um, master's in teaching with a concentration on Latin. And it like 100% was the right call for me. I was someone who even when I was working in communications, I would tutor high school kids in Latin on the weekends or after school. Um, I would, when I would come home um, to Philadelphia, I would meet up with my Latin teacher from Gwynedd and we would translate Latin together. We would meet up in coffee shops on the main line or in Philadelphia. And she always encouraged me, like, don't forget your Latin. Don't forget about Latin. Even, you know, you're doing these other jobs, but like, what about Latin? And she was right. Like, I loved Latin and I um, love working with students. So to be able to share something, you know, that I was good at, that I had a passion for with students who, um, can be, you know, there either because they want to or there because they have to. I felt like it was a really good challenge um, for me and brought out a lot of my leadership skills. Um, and I thought it was a very, very meaningful career for me. And I'm not currently teaching um, Latin, but you never, never say never, you never know. But it um, was an interesting, not straightforward journey for me on how I started Latin literally in eighth grade. Um, 
and now I'm, you know, a somewhat retired Latin teacher. <laughs> and I think that's a good point to make that like, you can always change. Like, like, what did you go in majoring into Notre Dame? I was a science business major. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. That's um, so funny. And then I switched on, then I was pre-med for my first two years. Uh-huh. And um, then I switched and ended up being a classics major with a concentration in Latin. And then I minored in Italian. And then you graduated from that, Mm -hmm. but went into PR. Yep. And then was that in six for six years and then became a teacher. So it's like, you don't have like for all of those listening um, who are nervous about what they might be cho- choosing to study or Alexander, who's going into her freshman year of college next year. Um, there's not just one straight and narrow path. You can fall in love with something and years later return to it. Like if if you decide you want to go back to school six years later, like that's totally cool. And, and it is. Yeah. And you know what? Like I say to my kids all the time, like, I don't know what my next job is going to be. And they kind of look at me like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not that old, you guys. Like I, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm bright. I'm capable. Um, I, I did things that I liked that were right for me at the time. And I think I am open, you know, what, what is my next career once, you know, all my kids are in full-time school. And I think that can be really scary for some people to make that change. But, um, you know, and I remember telling my parents when I was going to be a Latin major and they were like, what are you going to do with that? (laughs) And I was never worried. I really wasn't. I was like, I am bright. I'm going to have this Notre Dame diploma. You know, I am fun. I'm capable. Someone's going to hire me. I just know it. And I feel like I've always had that confidence from within. um, But, you know, it's backed up with yes, I have my strong work ethic. Yes. You know, I was this capable student now employee. So, um, I wasn't afraid to make those career changes. And I hope that, you know, our girls and girls going off to college aren't either because I mean, there's so many jobs now that didn't even exist when I was in college. So how could you say like, this is the one thing for you? You never know. Maybe it hasn't even been invented yet. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So true. And event like eventually when I go off to college and stuff, it's nice to know that, you know, there's living proof in front of me that, you know, you can switch your major and it's okay. Cause I know going off to college, like I'm nervous because I'm majoring in business finance right now. And I'm like, you know, what if I don't like it? And you never know. And I'm afraid like to switch my major, but coming from you and hearing about your story and your life, it's nice to know that like you should embrace the future and like embrace, you know, the possibility of change and being able to adapt to things. I think that's something that everyone should really learn how to do and to uh, cope with and stuff like that. Absolutely. And, you know, at the end of the day, like I had a strong support system and I also had, had a plan. So, you know, when you go off to college and you're thinking like, okay, this is, this is the career for me. And if you have those moments of doubt, think to yourself, like, what is my support system? Who is some, someone, who are the people that I can connect with to say, like, you know, is this just like a little hard for me? Or like, do I need to make a major change? And that might be, you know, someone in the college counseling department or your roommate or one of your Gwyneth classmates, um, someone from the leadership department, you know, your family, but to have that huge support system, um, can help you make some of those big and small um, 
life changing decisions. And I know that I had that coming from Gwened. So I wasn't afraid to be able to make a leap. Yeah. And it's nice to know that like Gwened built that community for students to be able to come back and have that support system as well. And speaking of support systems, have you ever had like a specific teacher at Gwened that you really felt impacted your life and inspired you uh, as you moved on from Gwened to college and maybe even talked to currently today? Definitely. So I, I mentioned a little bit that I had um, a Latin teacher here at Gwened. Her name is Debbie Lemure, and she taught me all four years. And that is something that was um, a little rare at the time. I started in Latin two, and then so I finished when I was a senior in Latin five, and she ended up switching the curriculum our senior year because there was only one other student who was in Latin five so that we could take a new year of Latin instead of just saying like, you know, nope, this is my prep and I teach Latin four. Um, she didn't. She was innovative and inclusive. And that was so meaningful to me because I love Latin so much. And, you know, look at me now, a uh, former Latin teacher. Um, so she is someone who um, was definitely a presence when we were here at school and was really tough. And I loved that. She always encouraged me um, to really like be my best. And her class was so tough, like notoriously tough. And I loved that. And I was like, I'm going to get, you know, a top score in her class. I'm going to take her test. And I remember like pouring over it, looking for an error. Because if anyone ever found an error in her test, she would give you an extra credit point. And a few times I would find one and she'd be like, Okay, and then would you know put it at the top <laughs> of my paper. Um, but I love that, like, right? She's fallible too. And the whole time that I was in college, she would check in with me, and she was the one that voiced in my ear, like, you know, what about Latin? She was the one who, you know, when I would come back to town, would meet with me, um, not only to translate Latin in coffee shops, um, but to ask me about my life. And she really cared and present tense cares about me as a person. And she's someone I still have a relationship with. Um, we're in a book club together. Um, and I always say like she was and is such a mentor to me. And I'm so grateful that I walked into her classroom in 1998. And, you know, here I am 25 years later, and I have um, this amazing woman who always challenged for sure, but also really encouraged me and steered me on that not straight path of mine. So Debbie Lemure, if you ever listen to this podcast, you know how much I love you. So I'm okay. Oh, that's do you do you translate the books from Latin into English before you read them? We don't. If we can believe it, our book club is in English, um, but um, it it is very thorough. We pick out our books a year in advance uh, with the whole group. We have um, twelve different genres, so we make sure that we're reading things like across. Um, different subject matters. We make sure that our authors are diverse. And we um, now given COVID, we meet over Zoom. We used to meet in person, but we have members of our book club who live in California, in New Jersey. Um, we used to have a member um, who unfortunately passed away from New Zealand. So mm -hmm. it just was such an amazing group of men and women. And it is not 
a fluffy book club. Like I go into it, like I'm studying these books. And now that I'm a grown up and I'm not in school anymore, I love that I know my third Sunday of the month, like I am going to have a meaningful academic conversation with my other friends from our book club. Um, and it's something I look forward to um, each month. That's really nice. And it's good to know that even when you have a family and you're settled down with kids and stuff that you can still pursue your passions and like what you're interested in, even so many years after college, which I like, I love that. So it's really like, I admire that. Yeah, we're never too old to keep learning. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. Um, So as uh, you were the vice president of the class of 2006 at Notre Dame, Mm -hmm. so do you feel that your leadership at Gwinnett prepared you well for that specific role? Definitely. Um, I was one of the class officers at Notre Dame. um, I think all of my years at when I was there one year, maybe not when I was studying abroad, but um, little did I know if you're an officer senior year, that's kind of like a lifetime role. So I was the vice president our senior year and now I still am the vice president. Um, But I think the structure of class council at Notre Dame is very similar to student council. And it, you know, just has people who are engaged and interested in the community and coming from Gwened, where I had been student council president, it was like a very natural fit. I had to be elected by my peers. It wasn't like an appointed role. So um, the women in my dorm voted for me. my freshman year to be a representative from our dorm. And then from um, every year after that, I ran as a ticket with like a president, vice president, secretary, treasurer, that then the entire um, class would have to vote on. Um, And that's that's something else that is like a really meaningful experience for me. I'm still in touch with our other class officers. Um, even though none of us live nearby, but um, just having that opportunity to be um, on class council, I think for sure stemmed from my time here at Gwinnett um, and keeps me um, continually involved in Notre Dame. So I'm definitely grateful um, to have been and to still be the vice president of my class. I like forget. I'm like, I still am. I have to write a quarterly update in the, the Notre Dame magazine. Oh, wow. And so um, everyone from our class will have to like send me an update. Or if there isn't one, then I'll like send a message in our various class groups being like, Erin, any any news? <laughs> or um, if there isn't any news, then I have to think of things that I know about people from my class that I can like share their happiness um, and so, but any Notre Dame alum gets this Notre Dame magazine in the mail every quarter. And everyone always says the first thing they do is flip to the back and they read the class updates. So it's important. It's important. Yeah. I know. So I'm I'm still contributing in that way. That's wow. really nice. And you can like almost keep in touch with your classmates, even though you're not physically keeping in touch, you can still read everything and know like what's up with everyone's lives, which is really nice. It's something like, you know, to keep the connection alive. I like Mm -hmm. that. So you were um, in a program at Notre Dame to study abroad in Rome Mm -hmm. and have been actively involved in planning service opportunities for students at Gwinnett. Mm -hmm. And you were a ministry officer during your time as a student at Gwinnett as well. So how have the critical concerns of mercy shaped you and your pathway in traveling and volunteer work? That's a great question. I would say um, 
when I was at Gwynedd, I don't think I knew the critical concerns, like how I feel like a current student does, how we're like, oh, this is, you know, this year we're focusing on nonviolence and, you know, Lord willing, like a hundred percent of the girls know what that is. So I, I don't think it was as publicized when I was, or I don't even think it even existed. I think it existed maybe in the late nineties, early two thousands, but it wasn't something like even for myself who graduated in 2012, I didn't hear the term critical critical concern concern of mercy until I became an employee here. Mm -hmm. Um, And now it's so much part of our vocabulary and something we're trying to, you know, educate the rest of the community on. So anybody who's listening, um, Alexandra, quick uh, pop quiz. What are the critical concerns of mercy? Can we name them all? Uh, Women, nonviolence, earth, racism, Mm -hmm. Mm anti-racism, and then Immigration. immigration. I always, I always struggle on that one. Um, but yes. So for those of you who are listening, um, those are our, the, the Sisters of Mercy globally have chosen those five um, topics to be their critical concerns. And it's something that we focus every year. We have one that we, we pick as the theme for the year, but we also like incorporate them into a lot of the curriculum and things like that. Yeah. But yeah, definitely something we didn't focus on as much when we were students. No way. And But I would say like the mission of the school was at the forefront. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, vividly recall, um, hearing and seeing those words of like the sisters of mercy, Gwen and mercy, we are rooted in social justice, that, that phrase rooted in social justice and um, just the general culture of service. I feel like is so inherent at Gwynedd that um, I had been an involved K through eight student. I played sports, I, you know, student council, things like that. But coming to Gwynedd and having um, ministry officers, having, you know, the CSC, just having this general culture of service just fully baked into the school was a new concept for me, which I loved. Um, I mean, clearly I was a ministry officer and, you know, we all participated in community service as well. But I think it was just that concept of paying it forward. Um, And I was someone who was given so much to even come to Gwynedd. I had an academic scholarship, which I always say, you know, opened the door to Gwynedd to me, for me. And um, without that scholarship, would I have come here? I don't know. And I I think about that scholarship a lot, and that is, you know, why I first became involved in the Alumni Association um, right away when I was a college graduate, um, because I felt that indebtedness is not the right word, but I felt that um, pull to give back. And at the time, I could only give back with my time or with my service. And, um, you know, over time, when I now am in a different financial position to be able to pay back my scholarship, that is something that I have done. And it is really um, important for me. And it's something that I share with other other people in the Alumni Association um, or other just alums in general um, or when our newly um, inducted members of the senior class join the Alumni Association is keeping in mind, like, 
you need to pay it forward to the next generation of Gwinnett students. And someone clearly did for me, for me to have that scholarship. And I don't know who it was, or it was a a collection of small sums, but it was, it changed the course of my life. And I always say, you know, I am who I am because I'm a Gwinnett girl, but I wouldn't have been a Gwinnett girl without that scholarship. So, um, I, um, became involved in the alumni association and specifically wanted to work on our scholarship committee, which we have um, a legacy scholarship, which for those of you listeners who may or may not know is something that is awarded to an incoming freshman who has a familial relationship um, from Gwyneth, so an aunt, sister, cousin, mother, grandmother, et cetera, um, who you know demonstrate demonstrates the charism of mercy, but also demonstrates um, some component of financial need, and um, that's kind of how like was my first little hook into the alumni association. And I think I wouldn't have had that seed planted in me if I didn't have that scholarship when I was in ninth grade. And I think about that all the time and how like what am I doing? for that next generation of, of Gwinnett students. So whether it's like my own daughters or, you know, someone like you who's a current student. Um, and, you know, whenever I speak to anyone in the alumni association, it's like, well, how are we giving of our time? And eventually how are we giving of our money to be able to support this school to the best of our abilities? Absolutely. And you do so much more than just, um, act as the alumni board president, which you have been for the last three years. Mm -hmm. Um, As when you become the alumni board president, you also automatically get a seat on the board of trustees. Um, You're also, as you mentioned, on the leadership uh, advisory council. Mm -hmm. Um, You're uh, a member of the president's leadership council, a member of the 1861 society. Um, Yeah, there's a lot that you do here. You've also helped me with like reunion, you've been part-time employee, mm-hmm. um, helping, you know, build service programs, things like that. Um, so coming back to Gwinnett, um, maybe you've done it a little more than you expected when you signed on to be the <laughs> alumni board president three years ago. Um, but like, what does it feel like to kind of, I mean, you're here a lot, like it's, it's really like, do, like nice. what does it feel like to be back here, you know, and did you ever think you'd be back here so much? <laughs> did I ever think I would be back here so much? No. And I, wanted to go to a school far away. And I did. Um, I wanted to live away. And I did. I lived in New York City. I lived in Boston. Um, And then I didn't move back to this area till about five years ago. Um, And I'm grateful for that time away, um, which gave me wonderful experiences and opportunities. But as someone who moved around a lot when they were when I was younger, this area was where my parents stayed the longest. So this area to me is home. And coming back to Gwinnett, I always feel like this is my home. I feel so comfortable here. There's certainly parts of the school that you walk in, you're like, yep, smells the same. Yep. Um, There's just a certain, it's not a bad smell. It's not a bad smell. It's just a familiar smell. You know it. You know that smell. Um, But then to hear about like all of the innovative programming and the changes, like the physical changes to the school itself, like that doesn't matter to me because it's still, it's still my Gwinnett. It's still a home to me. So 
No, I never thought I would be acquitted as much as I am, but I'm very grateful to be here. I love being here. I love when my girls come here and they feel so comfortable walking down the hallways and the faculty and staff and the girls are so wonderful to them. Um, I hope someday they'll become Gwena girls themselves. Wait, I did the math on this and they are classes of 20, 34, and 35. Oh my God. Mrs. I mean, Scott, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure they'll be fine. If they're your kids, they will be able to pull it off. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's great. Like I, I love the energy of high school students and the hope um, and seeing how driven the girls are. And I felt like I was driven when I was here. I wanted and now you know hearing and seeing the things that the girls are doing I'm like wow there's so many awesome opportunities for for all kinds of students not just you know not just sports not just music like there's so many opportunities now that I really hope and feel like Gwyneth has a place for everyone. So I hope you feel that way too when you're here. I do. I really do. And I love the schedule now too, because I, when I first started here, I played field hockey, basketball, and lacrosse. And I stuck with field hockey and lacrosse throughout my four years here, but it was like hard in the beginning with the schedule because freshman year, um, all the clubs would meet after school. So I couldn't do it. But once, um, you know, after everything that happened in the previous years, um, the schedule changed. And so you know, was it your sophomore year that it changed? Yes, it was sophomore mm-hmm. year. And then like really junior and senior year of high school is when like we got to really incorporate clubs into their curriculum, like during the school day, which I absolutely love so much. So I'm able to like meet with my club members and stuff like that all throughout the day. And it's great because we have like some free time throughout the day too. So clubs can meet mostly during community periods, but also like during win periods as well. I mean, if you have time, so it's, it's really That's nice. awesome. I also played sports when I was here. I played soccer and lacrosse all four years. Um, but the clubs that I was in oftentimes met before school because that mm-hmm. was like the only time available because so many students not just played sports, but, you know, had jobs or did different after school activities, but like our Latin club that we started, that was before school ministry met before school. Dedication. So, like if you think <laughs> of these teachers who are your moderators, who like came in an extra hour early to do that, like blessings to them, because mm-hmm. that is like such a commitment, but. Absolutely. And now you don't have to worry about just being an athlete or just being a musician or just being, you know, in the leadership, you know, student council lead positions, or if you can't get to school early or you can't stay late, you know, for whatever reason, if you have a job, I feel like everyone has a job now after school. Like that was not as common when I was a student. Like it's, you just become a more well-rounded person. And I mean, we, we, were able to, too, when you and I were in school, you know, when the schedule was different, but it was harder. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, I hope you feel that it's like more equitable and gives girls more opportunities than I feel like I definitely would have had when I was here, because if it was like after school or bust, you think about like, how many people does that exclude? So another vote for the Monarchs in Motion schedule. (laughs) And um, so as we mentioned, you have been the alumni board president um, Mm -hmm. and 
uh, so the head of the alumni association for the last three years, um, and your term has ended, um, ending. which ending, yes, at the, at, the end of June. at the end of June, right? I know you're still bringing the flag down for graduation, oh, yes. I believe. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I carry the Leonard flag yes. and the um, alumni association yes. president, like, so you'll see her graduation. at graduation. Um, but so, it um, honestly, heavier than it looks, you guys. Yeah, so. it's a really heavy flag. It's very heavy. That is your workouts. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, you know, we are obviously so devastated that you won't be continuing on as president, but you will luckily still be on the board um, and obviously an active member of the Alumni Association. Um, in the last three years, what would you say is your proudest accomplishment as president? That is easy. I would say like one of our first goals, see our, right? I'm not saying mm -hmm. my, one of our first goals um, of the alumni board was to elevate the profile of the alumni board and um, just raise awareness of it. I felt like before I was the president, not everyone knew about mm -hmm. us. You didn't know how to join. We didn't know what we did. What did we do? So um, I wanted it to be something that wasn't exclusive. Our alumni association is every Gwinnett graduate. So um, our alumni board represents all of those people and our, our board members should be representative of our alumni association by being from different decades. They should be from different areas. They should be from different backgrounds, different walks of life. And I think that is something that I prioritized early in my presidency. And I would hope that as we um, continued to broaden our board and add more members, that other people would say, yeah, that only board, I know what they're doing now. Mm -hmm. I, I can figure out how I want to join. You know, we have a section of our website where it's like, get involved. Um, we have our alumni e-newsletter that goes out every other week. And there's always, always a line at the very end if you scroll. Um, and if you're a Gmail user like me, sometimes you might need to like click yep. here to see more. <laughs> um, but you should click here to see more because at the very, very bottom, it always says like, come join us. Um, click here um, to learn about how you can be um, become involved with the alumni board. And I don't think that like I am the alumni board and I am just the president. It's It's something that, should encompass more people. So by by including more diverse ages and faces on our board, I think we can better connect with our alumni association in general. So I would say that is my proudest moment. Absolutely. And I think we've, you've done a very good job of that. Our, our alumni e-newsletter, e I think has like a 50%, 50 50% of the people at least read it, which is really, really high it's a for great other, for, so it's a, it's a great read. Mm -hmm. um, highly recommend. Uh, I do. I do every other it, Wednesday. So, yeah. Every yeah. other Wednesday. Tomorrow's will be very long. Um, so look out for that. I'm excited to see that. <laughs> That's really nice. And it shows like how involved you are, not just with everything like in your life and stuff, but also like back to Gwinnett and coming back mm -hmm. to Gwinnett and being so involved with things pertaining to Gwinnett. It's just amazing. And as such a busy person with so many different roles, what do you enjoy doing in your free time? I know you mentioned your book club, which is very cool. Yes, I love to read. And I was going to say that anyway. Um, I I have always been an avid reader. I remember when I was a kid and had my own library card. And I remember I'd say like, 
okay, how many books am I allowed to check out this week? And I think I had a set limit, but I am still an avid reader, you guys. I read probably like 70 to 80 books a year. Um, I think uh, reading is relaxing. It's an escape. It's an opportunity to learn. Um, I don't only read like one type of book. If you tell me that you read it, and you liked it, and it was interesting to you, I would say, send me that book. I'll read it. Um, so I would say I'm a very avid reader, and I'm hopefully raising three avid readers, too. Reading is for everyone. That's amazing. A friend of mine is a really avid reader as well, and she just loves reading all like all the time, and she's always reading a new book and telling me about it. I'm like, I've never heard this book before, but it's uh, <laughs> if you ask nice. me about a television show, I'd be like, I did not see that. Um, I am not good with TV and movies, but reading, on the other hand, that that I have down. Um, I feel like I'm always giving book recommendations to people. Um, but I think even when I am reading, if someone is trying to talk to me, like I can barely hear them because I'm so mm -hmm. focused on my book. So, but it's also nice, like now at this point in my life, like I'm exclusively reading things that I want to read. They're not, they haven't been assigned to me. Um, they're not for a class. So I think that that helps too. That's really nice. And it's like, it's cool because you grew to like love reading, mm -hmm. which I know a lot of people now, you know, teenagers were like, oh, reading, like we're assigned books in school. But it's nice to know that there's like still people that, you know, love to read and that there's book clubs out there too. And there like are still people who love to <laughs> yes. read. You heard yeah. it here first. <laughs> Because I mean, when I was there younger, are bookstagrams, you guys. There yeah, book talk. talk. I'm into book talk. I'm into like, Goodreads. I'm so no one like 100 years older than you, but yes, there <laughs> there are still people who like to read and yeah. young. Old, I follow like matter. a 20 something girl on YouTube who just I just watch her read books and talk about them. Fascinating. Oh. Yeah, booktube. Look it so up. I, I will. <laughs> Wow. So, you know, as someone who loves to read, I'm just curious, do you read any like, I don't know, inspirational books about like leaders or anything? Do I read any books about leaders? Um, well, I have read all of Michelle Obama's books and oh, she true. is like such an amazing woman and leader. Um, I am trying to think if I've read any other books on leadership. Angel Duckworth? Mm -hmm. I read Grit. Angela Duckworth's book, uh, Grit. And then when she came here to Gwynedd, that was so, that was really great. That was amazing that, you know, we had this, you know, best-selling author and female leader who is nearby, right? Isn't mm -hmm. she? She's in Philadelphia. Yep. Um, so I definitely have read her book, but I don't exclusively read books about leadership, but if you've got a good one, I'd be happy to read it. So let me know. Do you have any recommendations for me? Um, not right now. Currently <laughs> I'm more of like a mystery person. Okay. And like, I actually did read grit, um, as a leadership intern, I was assigned to read it because we're incorporating mm -hmm. a class here next year, uh, based on her book in her class at University of Pennsylvania. Oh, I love that. So yeah, it's going to be a great class. I helped create it. So did you? I did. Time. Yeah. So I'm really excited. I think girls, Will the girls have to read the book um, for the class or you don't know? Most likely. Yeah. I mean, there are like modules based on the book and like their quizzes based on the book as well. Mm -hmm. It's not like every chapter of the book, but I would recommend reading the whole thing to be honest, just to get yeah. that whole like feeling of yeah. the book and just like leadership and stuff like that. So I really enjoyed it personally. So um 
Would you have like any advice to give to students here at Gwynedd on like who leadership roles maybe and like you know people who want to become leaders at Gwynedd currently? Um, maybe. Let me, let me think about this for a second. Um, I would say this is a suggestion that I would give both to Gwena girls, but also to any person um, who is looking for some leadership skills. I always think that the best leaders are the ones who come in and are really good listeners. And they don't come in and they're like, here are all the changes we're going to make. And here's everything, you know, we need to do. But they like, they listen, they get a pulse of the place. They, they understand the history of, you know, the club or the organization. And you can't do that if you're like the one talking initially. So you really need to be an excellent listener. Um, I think you need to initiate conversations with people who have been there before you um, and recognize that they have um, excellent knowledge. And just because they've been there before you doesn't mean like, oh, they know best, but they might be able to share something with you that you're like, huh, well, I could improve upon that or I could change that. But I think whenever you are a newer leader, you know, for a group or organization, if you come in with that approach of like, I'm here to listen and I'm here to learn. It also makes the people in that group or organization respect you more um, because they see that you're one of them too. And I I see that in the leadership here at this school. Um, Principal Cardi absolutely did that. She is someone who is an excellent listener. And when she took over the role, she was someone who's like, I want to talk to everyone in the building and I want to listen and I want to learn and I'm going to go on my leadership little pod group or whatever that she's in um, with other new principals. And it's like, wow, like what a model of leadership of someone who came in, who's like, I'm, I'm literally the boss, but is like, I need to hear what you have to say um, because you're important too. And I think that makes people respect her, but also makes her better at her job. So Absolutely. I think that's the kind of leadership yeah. that you should think about is thinking like, what can you learn from everyone else before you, you know, jump in and just start changing things and, and speaking. So listen first. Yeah, definitely. And I completely agree with that because I know as like, being on both sides of that, where having someone like lead a group and also being a leader myself, it's really important to have that listening skill rather than just being like outgoing and like being like, oh, I'm going to change everything or we're going to do it my way. Right. Whereas it's like, listen to what everyone has to say and compromise or come up with something where everyone can agree upon it. And I think really valuing people's opinions and ideas is crucial being a leader because you don't want to just you know, come up with your own ideas and incorporate them into something without getting everyone's perspective and opinions, because everyone's important. And being a leader, you're looking out for everyone. Like you're basically the voice for everyone and doing something without everyone's approval in a sense, it's just not, you know, what a leader would do. And it's not someone like Gwynedd would ever create ever. So <laughs> I think, you know, you're exactly right saying like, when you're the leader, you're the voice, but can you be the voice if you haven't heard? Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so I think giving giving people those opportunities to share with you, but also making sure that you're a person that people want to talk to. Yeah. Um, and I hope someone would say that about my style of leadership is I always say, 
you know, I'm open to feedback. Um, mm -hmm. The door is open. I want to be a person that people are comfortable talking to. Um, I want to be a fun leader, but I'm also someone who's like, <laughs> we we have to get things done here. Um, it, it, it is a balance. Um, but I think if someone respects you and enjoys like you as a person, then they're more willing to work with you. So I think that helps too. That's amazing. And looking at yourself as like a leader today and stuff like that. And looking back at your life when you were like in eighth grade going into high school, do you have any advice that you think you want to tell students listening right now that maybe you didn't know when you were going into high school? I think, um, you know, I had such a special class here at Gwynedd and I, I would say, I say this to you, Erin, all the time, class of 02, the best class. Um, truly, if I were to run into us, any person from my class, my day would be better. And part of that, um, our class had a really special connection. And, you know, when I first started at Gwynedd, I, I was on student council, but I wasn't our class president. And I saw myself as, you know, a capable person who was generally well liked. And so when I was voted on to student council, I was like, okay, like that makes sense. Moving on. Um, and then when we had our election for sophomore class president, my class voted for me as the president and I was bowled over. I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. And I, I'm so grateful that my classmates saw me and they saw the potential in me. And I don't think I gave a speech that was like, vote for me for president. I think I was like, vote for me to be on student council. Mm -hmm. I just thought I'd be like one of the representatives. And so um, as an eighth grader and then a ninth grader, when I started, like I, I had some confidence, but by my classmates recognizing my own value, I felt like that empowered me so much. So I would say like my advice to younger students are be true to yourself, um, be open to new experiences. Um, and I'm, I'm so grateful to my class of O2 classmates who, who saw me and saw the potential in me because I don't think I saw it at the time myself. And that election was so transformative for me, which you might be like, okay, you were 15 years old. Like really, how old are you now? But it was, it, it gave me this confidence and I, I started to have other opportunities open themselves that wouldn't have been possible if I hadn't been my class president. So um, I'm so grateful to my classmates for recognizing um, that in me. And that's certainly, you know, one of the many things that I'm always trying to pay back to, to Gwen and to my classmates. And I'm just grateful for um, their friendship and um, their support of me. That's really nice. And it goes to show that even something that, you know, other people may seem as, you know, something smaller and not as significant in life still carries on with you throughout your life. Even like now today, you still remember that specific moment and I your classmates. It. Yeah. And that's just like amazing to even think about and, you know, to be grateful for. It's just, it's really nice. I like that. Thank you. And, you know, do you have any additional info or any words of wisdom to provide students with? You know, um, any additional information? Um, I feel like I have, I want to ask our current <laughs> students for additional information, like help me, teach me. I'm, I'm still learning myself. 
Um, but I think if our students who every year become like even more impressive and dynamic and diverse and experienced than the previous generation, like think of that's a good thing. Change is good things. Change is a good thing. And I would just say continue to be open to trying these new experiences. Try a club that you might be interested in or might not. Did you know that I was a mathlete? I was. I'm not surprised. Um, <laughs> that is something that my mom made me do. And I did it for a little bit, but like, it was not my passion, but no regrets looking back on that. Like that wasn't wasted time. Yeah. Um, and I would say like, that's okay to try things and leave them or um, change your mind. Just like you might change your mind on a college major, change your mind on a club, like change your mind on a sport, change your mind on, you know, whatever it is um, that you think you go into Gwendolyn thinking like, okay, like these are the things I'm going to do. But if you keep your mind open, some of these opportunities are going to open up for you that you never would have expected otherwise. So I like, I know that for sure happened to me and just hearing about the kinds of things that you're involved with now, I'm like, wow, like that would have been so cool. So, you know, you're so lucky. I feel like the next class is so lucky that we all get to experience this school. And then when you leave, we're all a member of the alumni association. So we come full circle. Yeah, that's really nice. And it goes to show also how, you know, Gwynedd keeps all the connections with all the alumni here. So our circle of mercy is timeless. Exactly. Right? And that's nice. actually included in my speech as well. How? Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited to get my speech. And it's really nice because it helped me to think back to all four years of my time here at Glennon. And I was thinking of things that I never, I forgot about like freshman year. And I was like, thinking about the freshman sleepover and all of that. And I was like, just the fun little memories that I will remember for a lifetime is like, it's really nice. And it's like, it's cool to know that like other people, you know, my sisters remember it as well. So, um, you know, the sisterhood is really, it's timeless and, you know, it carries on with us throughout life. So I love that. Lifelong sisterhood, right? Lifelong sisterhood, that's the tagline. <laughs> well, Anna, thank you so much for your time, for sharing your wisdom and your advice um, and your experiences with us. We really appreciate it and um, hope our listeners enjoyed it as well. Thanks for having me. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. <laughs>